Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. My name is Roscoe, your co-host, sitting once again virtually opposite alongside arm in arm as we go, the Mental Master himself, James Glazier. James Glazier. It says James Glazier. You've changed your number and you've now got James. Jamie Glazier, how are you? Good, mate. Good, yes. I uh, I think my number on Zoom was one six. what was it, 61410 or something? 61401. For those of you that do uh, listen, look at these little uh, snippets that we put out, he had his number there. It looked like a, a cell number. But anyway. I've... A cell number, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I'd change it and and, uh, and go a little bit more professional with the James as opposed to the Jamie. So, uh, but uh, as we all know, I, I'll, I'll take anything. Very good. I'm going to struggle not to call you James from now on, but uh, there we go. Hey, it's been a little while since we've jumped on and recorded a podcast and with very, very good reason. Um, thank you for all of you that have listened to the podcast. We see the numbers every week and I continually get blown away with how many people are listening, downloading, uh, subscribing, sharing the podcast, which tells me that you're getting value and information from it that you want. So with that in mind, we're absolutely thrilled to be able to keep going. In the time that we've recorded the last podcast and now, there's been a fair bit going on in both of our worlds, Jamie. And I might throw to you to, you know, just let everyone know what we've been up to. Yeah, look, mate, it's been, um, obviously, as most people know, I'm I'm up here in Queensland and uh, uh, I suppose the last sort of month, uh, has it been three weeks or maybe three or four weeks since our last episode? It was the start of um, se- start of September, so yeah, let's say three weeks. Okay, three weeks. So, geez, it feels like eight weeks ago. To be honest, we um, yeah, we sort of put together some plans of of creating some online training programs, which we'd spoken about for for all year, and then COVID hit, and that put a bit of a spanner in the works. But obviously, extremely excited to announce the Inside Golf Academies we did in our last our last podcast. So, this last few weeks, we've been feverishly putting some uh, some content together around the first course. And have now uh, last week sort of sent that live and, and launched that out to the universe. And uh, yeah, very excited to have it out there. And and and, and obviously there's was so much more to do in creating a course, getting it up on on on, on a website and launching it and marketing and all that sort of stuff. That the time's just flown. So, um, but yeah, that first course is uh, is up there now. And um, yeah, really excited to have it there for me. You know, once again, sitting alongside you and, and supporting you through that process, which was a great learning opportunity for me. And I really, as always, appreciate you letting me be part of, you know, this learning. It was a really interesting experience to be able to, you know, look at the content in a video sense and then turn that into, you know, something that, you know, people are going to get some a lot of value out of, of learning from and, and really getting a deeper dive into what we touch on in the podcast, but really yeah. starting to get some of that, you know, lesson-based, you know, one-on-one consulting learning that you take to yes. your clients, that you take to your everyday golfers that you coach now down at KDV and, and yep. Royal Melbourne when we get back to Royal Melbourne and also yep. the guys that you're working with at the high level. And once again, for me, just seeing that and going through it and helping with the videos and putting it together in this learning platform, which is so easy to get access to, I learned so much more uh, and just great to be able to continue learning basically for free. <laughs> but uh, yeah. 
you know, there is a free there is a free course. We should remind everyone that if you want to get a sample, a taster of of the programs, you know, you've got yeah. the mental game must-dos. That's up there for free at the moment. You can jump on and do that course. It's got the eight videos that have previously been sitting on your website. Now it's in that learning platform. There's the videos, the workbook, a little quiz to test your knowledge after it. Yeah. Really easy to implement. And then the next course, build yourself a powerful pre-round routine. Uh, that's that's where we start to get really into the meaty stuff. So yeah. how do you see it pl- playing out, Jamie? Well, look, I think, you know, my first initial sort of, I suppose, focus on these courses was about, uh, I suppose, about routine to riches, which is all the different routines that we just have and create in the game of golf that help us to perform at a higher level. I wanted to package those all together in individual courses. So if someone, you know, struggled with their pre-round routine, there's a course there for them to dive into, learn more about the aspects of a pre-round routine the impact of, of a pre-round routine, both positively and more importantly, negatively, that you know has on our ability to get to the first tee in a, in a, in a calm, confident state. Um, and then, you know, there's the pre-shot routine, the post-shot routine, all these different courses that are just going to help people to, as you said, just gather a greater level of, of understanding and a deeper depth of knowledge uh, when it comes to these aspects of the mental game. And then, um, yeah, for me, just making it a, a one-stop learning hub for all things golf. So obviously targeting the mental game to begin with, but I think, you know, I'm one of those golfers that really does understand the importance of, of, of all of the, the, the I suppose, the, the learning in golf, whether it be mechanics, um, you know, about body, so Pilates for golfers, um, all these sorts of things, club fitting, um, all the things that golfers uh, can get access to that are going to help them to improve their game. You know, my vision long-term would ultimately be like to have a variety of different courses that people can can access uh, on this Inside Golf Academy platform that, um, you know, this is going to help them become a better golfer, help them enjoy the game more. So, And it's really important to, to reinforce that, that, you know, programs – like what you're developing are very much designed to sit complementary to the other form of golf development that you're doing. You know, the mechanics, it doesn't detract from that, but it, so what I can see and what I learn is, you know, from a technical part, applying what I learned from, you know, sitting alongside you here just makes the technical part so much easier to adapt, uh, to implement, uh, to think about and to not think about in some regards when we're playing uh, so it's really very complementary as part of that overall golf improvement strategy. And, you know, I guess the way I look about look at, you know, the learning and, you know, obviously for the program participants, there's a cost involved. It's like a, a golf lesson. You know, it's worth investing in because yeah. you will get absolute information that you can apply and make great improvements to your game. I am absolute hand on heart will say that from my perspective. Yeah. That's not blowing, you know, you know what, you know what. Yeah. That's, yeah. I know. You know, I actually did an exercise the other day because, and I, I don't think I've shared this with you, but the the club, um, and for those of you that see the snippets, the club is Peninsula Kingswood. Uh, there's the 17th hole in the north course sitting behind me in the background here of this Zoom call, uh, released a, an app. And we hadn't had an app before. And on the app, you get your stats. So you get the information about your rounds in history. And it gives you your handicap fluctuations. It shows you your uh, holes. Now, we've talked about my positive and negative holes before you know it's been open yeah. you know, we had the the luke elvey uh you know round yeah. where luke yeah. you know called one of my uh holes now yeah. you told him on, on the, in private on the side before that hole he said this is his this isn't the hole that he doesn't like well you know yeah. what 
since that time and since obviously we've done a few more podcasts and I've learned you know quite a bit more, guess what? That hole is no longer in red in my stats. You can see where right. that hole improved. Right. But That's awesome. But in, in concert with that, you can see where my game has improved. Now, there's some average scores in there. We spoke about that, you know, like yeah. we spoke about that. But there's, you can see the, the – basically you can track the journey of when we started this podcast and I started having this deeper insight to yeah. where my golf's improved. My handicap hasn't yeah. gone gone up. It's gone down. Yeah, that's yeah, great. I mean, that's – that's so that's so good to see and, and that's why I think the value in statistics too is because it, it, it does provide you with real information, real data to back up to back up the work that you're putting in and also to back up what areas you need to put some more work in. So and you know the, it, we, we launched this first course to build a powerful pre-round routine last week and and you know within I think I think within five days of the course launching, I got two specific messages from people about achieving career best rounds, um, you know, one of the one of the girls who's a client of mine from uh, from Royal Sydney. Um, I think one of, one of the days she played a Sunday she played and she was you know seven over through nine and she said I didn't go through my pre round routine um, and then she had a stroke round the next Saturday and she said okay well I'm gonna you know through the week put together a really good quality pre round routine from the course and I'm gonna go and apply it and so I got a message Saturday night. One of our goals between now and the end of the year was to shoot a round of even par. I think her best score ever was 75 at Royal Sydney, um, so a three over, and uh, she wanted to shoot a round of even par by the end of the year. So anyway, she put together a pre-round routine process. She spent two hours before her round of golf warming up and getting herself ready and going through some consequence training and and really making everything that she did in her warm-up count towards getting to the first tee as prepared as possible. And it was the first time she's ever spent that much time preparing and not even the time spent, but just the purpose in everything she did. Um, and she shot even par. And it was, um, you know, for me it was phenomenal, um, you know. And then uh, Gordon from uh, from the UK sent a message the other day about, uh, you know, shooting 67 and, you know, the last couple of weeks he sort of got back into um, into some work that we've done in the past and just really focused on preparing for the round uh, to give himself the best opportunity to play well and that's one of the lowest scores he's shot, you know, all year. So, you know, for me I think it's, you know, the pre-round routine especially is just such an important process that a lot of club club level golfers don't really spend much time working on because they don't really know the impacts of, the external factors, the stresses from work or from family and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's why I wanted to start the Inside Golf Academy with our first sort of paid program is I really do think that the pre-round routine is a very important part in getting the golfers to the first tee, you know, in, in the best shape possible. Um, so, yeah, it was good to see. You know, in in going through some of that content and, and helping upload it and, you know, doing very little to to as part of it, but – you know, getting that insight into it and, and sitting on some of the calls that we had with the participants and, and so on and so forth, it made me realise that my pre-round routine, you know, is definitely going to be get a benefit out of the content, out of the course. And, you know, yeah. I was really, if I reflect back on what my pre-round routine, you know, I'm playing off, you know, whatever handicap, single figures, um, it was a joke. It's a, It really, really was a joke. You know, it wasn't a pre-round routine at all. I was, I was probably setting myself up for more failure than success. Yeah. 
by doing what yeah. I was doing and thinking that yeah. was thinking that I turned up early enough to have a warm up. It's so far from where it needs to be, and I can really yeah. you know see Sarah's comments and see how that translated. And you know you don't want to be the golfer that gets three holes in. You know, and using my example from before, the third hole, the yeah. my downfall hole and and yeah. just playing catch up from there yeah, it doesn't yeah, have yeah. To, it doesn't have to be like that yeah no you're right and that's the thing that i've you know i notice a lot with the club level golfers that i've worked with i notice a lot about my own game over the past couple of years is there is no purpose to your pre-round warm-up all there is is just a couple of looseness so i don't do an injury on the first tee and, and that's it you're not calibrating yourself or preparing yourself to play good golf over the first three to five holes it's just all that mindset of well, let's just wait and see what happens. And then once I'm five or six holes in, I'm warmed up, then I'll start I'll start trying or I'll switch on or I'll focus. But by then you're three or four shots down on your handicap and you're giving yourself or you're losing yourself that opportunity to have really good rounds of golf. And yep. um, you know, I just see it all too often. And one of the big things that I, I try to mention in the course is just about everything that you do, and it's about giving the students as much information as possible, but then getting, you know, getting them to create their own recipe in the pre-round routine. What things do they think uh, from an expectation management point of view work well or um, from activating your peak performance state? Um, we get them to have a bit of power in creating their own recipe, um, but making sure that every single thing that happens in your pre-round routine is, has got a purpose of moving you to the first tee ready to play well on the first hole, not waiting five or six holes to see how it goes. And um, it's just such a huge shift in mindset that, that ultimately will create a, a, you know, a really big difference at the, uh, at the end scorecard. We will put all of the bits and pieces so you can find Insight Golf Academy. Just remind everyone why, why call it Insight Golf. You know, we've, we've actually now, we, we made a little... Um, uh, graphic the other day for a, for an email, and yeah. for me it was it was quite powerful to see you know that graphic being made uh, because you've got three distinct brands sitting there alongside, but all clearly aligned. Yeah. Why 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 call it Insight Golf? I know we've we've talked about it before, but let's remind everyone again. Yeah, well, look, it's it's actually interesting because I look at my my three brands. It's you know Dare to Dream, which is my consulting business, which you know for a lot of a lot of people at a club level, you know going to see someone like myself one-on-one it's not cheap and they might perceive that they're not good enough to access that service even though they know mentally they're probably you know leaving a lot of shots on the course so the next step for me was the mental mastery golf podcast where you and i are delivering some of this content free of charge you know at the the comfort of people's you know own a home or, or office or car and they can start to get access to this type of uh, learning. But then for me, the Insight Golf Academy, Insight being I-N-C-I-T-E, was to really try and incite change, create change, incite people to, you know, grab this element of their, of their golf and actually focus on developing it. Because I just feel like so many club-level golfers know that their mental game is costing them shots, but one, don't really know what that that pathway is to developing it. And now we've sort of given them three different platforms for them to access um, at, at a variety of different price points that are just going to help create 
that shift in mindset and ultimately that that incite that change in their in their game. So um, yeah, I just I thought it was an appropriate name for I suppose the journey that I'm I'm wanting to go on with creating these different pathways to improving the mental game. I think the support that the listeners have given us through the podcast was really one of the confirming factors to, to see how many people you know are engaging with you know, yourself uh, yeah. and listening and the download numbers. It it just became you know one of the real um, factors that we used to right say let's make a change here let's let's put some of this knowledge down for people to access whenever they want and however they want it in the convenience of their own home but in a really structured way you know little we, yeah. you know, we deliver little bits and pieces and you know my anecdotes are my anecdotes and they apply to whoever and, and not to other people and we get that yeah. and i think for me roscoe the uh the, the podcast and and how much you know the engagement we've had in the private facebook group how much people have really loved engaging in that discussion that was for me the, the 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 thing that incited change in me, and mm. change being, I'm going to go and really put some time and effort and energy into this online learning hub that I've been thinking about for years, but just haven't, I haven't you know felt that urge of you know what no I need to do it because uh, one there is the people out there that, that are asking for it the you know the mental mastery group people really have engaged in it and have have asked for it. So for me, it was just a perfect, and COVID obviously has been a tough time for all of us, but it allowed me a little bit of time and that little bit of bandwidth to actually be able to put into it. Now I'm I'm already on to the next course, uh, creating that content that hopefully will be filmed in the next couple of weeks and then out maybe a few weeks after that. And, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, we've got, you know, three, four or five courses up on the platform for people to access to, you know, really work towards making 2021 the most enjoyable and best performing year of golf that they've ever had. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's you know that's the thing that I'm really excited about moving forward. I get a lot of heart and, and confidence and encouragement when I hear someone who you know takes responsibility for helping people learn when they tell a story about how they've learned themselves. Learning yeah. the learning journey doesn't doesn't stop for anyone. You know, everyone has the opportunity to learn, grow, develop, and it's having that growth mindset and openness to want to learn, which is yeah. you know the key factor in getting better. Great stuff. We'll put the the links to that in the show notes. There's a little uh, special offer there that everyone can get access to, the, a, a special yeah. price uh, for the yeah. first paid course. Also the links there. It's pretty very easy to, to go and click, link, do, off you go. Uh, we'd love to hear if you do take on the course. We'd love your feedback. Moving on to the next topic, and there's there's been a lot happening in the golf world. Yeah. And just to set it up, we were talking a little bit earlier off camera Um about expectation management, which is part of the pre-round routine. And I told you how I've been having uh, a lot of fun in um, being here at home. I'm still working, uh, going into the store a bit, but I'm spending a bit of time here as well. But what I've done, I have a putting mat here. And I've had several putting mats in this uh, podcast studio, which was formerly (laughs) once once Lockie Flanagan's bedroom, um, but now a podcast studio. And I've got probably the best putting mat that I've ever used because it sends the balls back to me. It's got a big hole and a small hole, so it's a really great training aid. Yeah. But we're talking about expectation management and I told you that I've been having some success with doing five and six putts in a row, getting them into the small hole, but then yeah. then I, something could change. And I was sort of quizzing you about what is that change? What happens? Yeah. So before we get on to what we want to talk about, what is happening to me when I'm standing here in my indoor putting studio, putting, and then – having a role and then something changes. 
Yeah, look, this is a, a really great discussion point because it happens to a lot of us when we have a good round going. If we're a couple up on our handicap through 12 or 13 holes and we get that, we sort of get that flash of, oh, I'm going well, um, we begin to expect that to continue. So we really focus on and attach more to the outcome and expect that outcome to be the same as what it's been the first 12 holes, where in the first 12 holes, or in your example there, the first five or six putts, you were just putting without really any thought or attachment to expecting to hold it. You were just hitting the putt to the hole and notice it was just going in, but there was really no conscious attachment to expectation. And for me, this is a, the difference between goals and expectations. It's okay to have a goal, but providing you don't expect to achieve it. Like, and the expect, what I mean by that is they have the pressure of expectations in achieving it. As long as you go, this is what I'd like to do, but now I'm just going to go focus on hitting the ball, you know, going through my process, just allowing the outcome to happen and not attach myself to the meaning of the outcome, then you're giving yourself a really great opportunity to, to find and create that flow state. Yeah, it, uh, it made so much sense when you articulated that. And just on a, a little side adjunct to that, we talked about putters and putting lines and putting lines on balls, and you know, we're not going to challenge any school of thought on that, but I've been trying something different. Now, I've been, as you know, a mallet putter uh, yeah. forever. And I, I've, yeah. as a practice tool, I've been putting without the mallet and just going with the normal putter, the, the blade, and yeah. just letting it happen. And I think that's been the key to the success of you know this putting period in practicing it. It's just once again just letting it happen, letting it flow, and just going with what happens innately in that putting stroke. And uh, yeah. it's been such yeah. a different way of of thinking about it. And I can I can feel it and sense it. And the important thing I can sense um, that mental change, yeah, you know, that learning yeah. that's come with with doing that. So yeah. You know, in, yeah. in that COVID period and being, you know, forced to sit here in a, in a podcast studio slash office slash son's bedroom slash third bedroom, whatever, um, yeah. there's been some great stuff happening. Now, talking yeah, I about – I think, too, with, with that putting stuff, because this has been a very common discussion this year amongst a lot of my clients, both really, really good, level, you know, tour players versus uh, a mid- to high-handicap club-level golfer is – when, because putting, especially the mallet putters with, you know, the three lines and then we've got lines on the ball nowadays as well, it just creates so much rigidity in the way that we approach putting. Um, when we take those lines away, all of a sudden we can feel like we've got room to move and the putter can actually, you know, open up on the way back or close on the way through. Just there's not as much rigidity and um, – you know, Jackie had a putting lesson with Dom, uh, Herbie's coach, uh, a few weeks back, and all she was trying to do was take the putter back straight back and straight through, and in doing that, it was just causing so many poor patterns in her stroke. But once he said, if you just take the putter back and allow the putter to open up and then allow the putter to close, she's like, oh, are you allowed to do that? Like she she just thought it was a straight back, straight through type of a, a process. And as soon as she started to do that, her stroke was was gorgeous. Um, and her tension went away and she really felt like that she could, you know, putt more consistent, consistently from a field point of view because of that. There was no attachment to that rigidity in, in her process. So, um, yeah, so it's good that you've, you know, been able to 
create that little bit of uh, flexibility and fluidity in your stroke and, um, yeah, it's important. Look, in, in closing on that topic, I just feel like I've got a pattern now, a, yeah. a pattern that I can repeat, you know, and that's one yeah. thing with the short game area, you know, all-encompassing inside. The pattern was different all the time and I'm now yeah. just starting to feel like there is a pattern and then there's something yeah. that I can trust and that's yeah. actually translating into that backyard chipping as well. Yeah, you know, right. I've used this time and now I've got this pattern that I know that when I go, I go to that way of doing it and I can repeat yeah. that without having to try yeah. something different every time. Anyway, yeah. speaking yeah. of success and uh, uh, awareness and all of that sort of thing, let's transition into some of your clients that have been doing some great things on the global golf st- scale. Um, yeah. Probably the first one that we should talk about is Gabby. What, yeah, yeah. Um, Tied 15th at the ANA, which is a ladies' major, um, in her backyard of Palm Springs. So obviously that's always going to help when you're playing a course uh, in an area that you live and you're, you're used to the climate and the type of golf courses. But, um, yeah, just phenomenal effort. Came uh, a couple of weeks after the British Open where she missed the cup by a shot, uh, which was fantastic, I think. That British Open really gave Gab... Um, that extra, that's just a little bit of a sense of, you know, she belongs um, at that level and uh, she proved that at the, the ANA and, uh, yeah, phenom- phenomenal um, effort. And, and also without, you know, she felt she probably didn't play her complete A game um, or anywhere near her complete A game for the week. So to be able to finish tied 15th with her, you know, less than A game is uh, is, is exciting for her. So, yeah, that was, was great. Had she had the opportunity to play a lot of Lynx golf uh, before the uh, AIG British Women's Open at Royal Troon? Um, zero. Zero, yeah. So they, they prepped uh, – Luke Mackey was caddying for Gab, who's the Golf Australia strength and conditioning coach. Um, he went over and caddied for Gab and the practice rounds, the wind was blowing, you know, one way and they were preparing and then the round one, the wind completely switched in a totally different direction – and I think she shot like uh, maybe nine over or something on that day. I think it might have been or eight over, seven over, and uh, just was not prepared for a complete shift in conditions. And round two, she shot I think one or two over, and um, the conditions were back to uh, really tough, but at least the conditions were back to what she had prepared for. So, um, but, yeah, she absolutely loved it. Yeah. Loved it. What a great introduction to uh, Lynx Golf to, to front up at Royal Troon. What a course, what a place. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, we had the US Open last weekend, and yeah. obviously we had Lucas uh, playing there. Yeah. Uh, Lucas has been in the States for a little while. You know, he left um, where you are, what, a couple of months ago, a month, a month and a bit ago? Uh, yeah, early June. Yep. Uh, sorry, early July. So he's been on the, road, on the road for yeah. a bit. US yeah. Open. Yeah. Take us through what, uh, you know, the, some of the stuff that Lucas would have been faced with at uh, wing foot. Yeah, look, he uh, a yeah, really good week again, tied 31st. Um, second US Open, played at Shinnecock a few years ago, which I was there, and, and Shinnecock basically, like a lot of other players in the tournament, just, you know, chewed him up and spat him out. Um, but it was his first introduction to the U S open golf and it's a completely different ball game. So he felt like he was a lot more prepared to face a British open this week and, uh, US open you know, proved really, you know, two over four over four over two over, um, really consistent golf and, um, 
learn a lot, learn a lot about how to handle a US Open course, but also maybe learn some stuff that he might be able to apply just in everyday, every week tournaments that may help him to, you know, perform better. So, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So Herbie's schedule now, he's off to Ireland, correct? Straight off to Ireland. He'll play the Irish Open this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by the Scottish Open the week after, and then the BMW PGA at Wentworth, which he played last year, and uh, um, then back home. Um, so probably faced with a couple of weeks of quarantine, and then uh, he might be able to feel like a normal person again um, back here on the sunny coast. Well, I can't wait to see uh, what he can put together in that little stretch, you know, on the back of, you know, that, uh, what was it, T31? T, T30, T31, yeah. yeah T31 yeah. finished, you know, leading Australian at the US yeah. Open. Um, so I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, he was he was happy with that result and takes that into into this next little stretch. Now, mate, um, what else? Anything else that we got got to cover off? No, I think, you know, just for me, it's just good to, good to touch base. Um, obviously, we're... We're busy, you know, creating course content, but we want to try and uh, continue to, to put uh, put a podcast out every couple of weeks at a minimum moving forward. Um, you know, I'm based up here at Herbie's at the moment. The new house on the Gold Coast doesn't settle till early November. I'm down at KDV a couple of days a week, which I've been thoroughly enjoying and uh, getting to work with a lot of really good quality golfers up here on the Gold Coast. And um, so, yeah, mate, just, just it's good to, good to catch up and... You know, I hope everyone is staying strong down in Melbourne, especially. Um, I know restrictions are going to ease a little bit uh, on Sunday um, and probably ease more than what people were expecting, the announcement to, today I heard. So hopefully that means golf can open up again sometime in the near future so uh, everyone can can get back out there. But um, I had a very big win the other day. My car came up on the transport on the truck from Melbourne and it was supposed to be empty and I opened the boot, and my golf clubs are in the uh, in the in the boot of the car. So I haven't touched a club for near on twelve weeks. So I'm itching to get out there for a hit, um, and I may even head to the range a bit later on today. Will you have a? Will you catch up with Dom? Will you go out on the course at uh, Perigee there with uh, the big Dom? Yeah, yeah, Dom's away at the moment, but ne- early next week, Monday, Tuesday, we're going to uh, going to get out for a hit of golf, and um, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, I probably won't uh, put any money on the line first round out, but um, I might ask for a lesson or two. <laughs> As you said, it's been great to catch up and we will get back to a reg- uh, regimented, a uh, regular routine with the podcast uh, releases. Yeah. We've got the schedule happening. Sure. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with us, you know, hit us up either on Insight Golf Academy Instagram, your Instagram. Uh, please jump in and, and join us at the private Facebook group. Just hit a request through. If you want to you know, share some of your own golfing exploits and, and learn and share with some others, that's a great place to do that. And that's where we put a bit of information out firsthand. And um, yeah, just stay in touch. But Jamie, it's been great to yeah. catch up with you, mate. Loving, you too, Roscoe. loving the journey. And uh, it's, good to, uh, it's good to keep going. All right, everyone. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Like, share, review, all the stuff on iTunes. That really helps this podcast get into the ears of everyone. And until next time, look forward to joining you on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. 
make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.